1: Hi and welcome to Influencer Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading influencer marketing company for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer marketing in the digital age and all things influencer marketing in right around 15 minutes. I'm Frida Ekholm.
2: And I'm Holly Moran. And in today's episode, we are going to take you on essentially a time travel expedition. Uh, But more specifically, we're going to be looking at the past, the present, and the future of influence marketing. And it's a channel that I think most people won't realise has been around as long as it has.
1: No, because if we just compare over the last couple of years, let's say 10 years back, influencer marketing has gone from being a comparatively unknown and untested channel to a media that brands, big fashion brands, see as a natural part of their media mix and are including it in the same amount as other big, uh, more traditional channels. And actually, fun fact here, Holly, is that Mm -hmm. according to recent studies by Kantar and Statista, it's the second fastest growing digital advertising format that marketers and brands are choosing to invest in for 2021 and also anticipated for 2022. And this is, yeah, influencer marketing and content produced or published by influencers. So 71% of marketers are increasing their budget on this medium.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Probably not. Don't sleep on it is the message here. Do yeah. <laughs> not on this channel. Um but I do think it's interesting because I, I think, you know, we tend to think of influence marketing as this exclusively modern phenomena, but it really is the oldest and the newest channel at the same time. And I I think you could go so far as to say it really has been around for as long as humans have, you know, long before we had social media or even the internet taking us all by storm and sapping, you know, all of our free time, <laughs> we still had these cultural icons that we would look up to, we still, you know, aspired to live their lives, to emulate their wardrobes, and we still looked for recommendations from people we knew and trusted. And I think actually, kind of the oldest commercial example that I can think of is if you go back to Coca Cola in the 1920s, uh, who used Santa Claus, they used Father Christmas as their influencer. Oh, yeah, that's true. I haven't thought about that. <laughs> it's the trendiest of us all. We can yeah. only dream of being as cool as Father Christmas. <laughs> um, but it, I, I think it, it, you know, it probably wasn't really until the 1990s. That was a really important decade for marketing. And I think it's where we start to see influence marketing as we know it today really find its feet. The foundations are laid in this decade. Technology is absolutely booming. Uh, it's making it much easier for, for brands to engage their audiences And for audiences to stay connected with kind of cultural news and trends and the zeitgeist, really. But marketing in any capacity in that time was really hampered on its reliance on TV and print and and magazines, those traditional channels.
1: Yeah, and through those channels, we could see the famous, the early celebrity endorsement collaborations. Do you remember, or that's still running, of course, Michael Jordan and Nike. Oh, we have James Bond and WMV.
2: Yes, and, and um, Charlize Theron for J'adore Dior. I still remember the first time I went to Paris and saw her giant poster on the Palais Garnier And and actually, another one of my favorite examples, um, and I I don't know if I'll show my age here, but Kate Moss, who obviously we all know who Kate Moss was, launching her own collection in Topshop here in the UK. That was such a huge thing when that happened. And the key in all of this is trust. 81% of consumers say trust is a deciding factor when it comes to whether they're going to make a purchase or not. And that trust can be in a brand or a person, but brands will often find themselves stuck by the kind of obstacle of consumer cynicism, and that's going to be made doubly challenging by the fact that commercial messages at this time weren't really appearing where consumers were. Today, influencers communicate on platforms where consumers have chosen to spend their time, and that's a real advantage that influencers have particularly when you consider the influencers are the people that your audience has chosen to follow. They want to hear what influencers have to say.
1: That's a really good point, Holly. And as you said, the 90s really set the stage for today's creators and the influencer marketing mm-hmm. landscape. So how does the landscape look today? And the difference between then and now is that celebrities were just that celebrities. They were often famous for something. They were athletes, models, artists, and these collaborations or celebrity endorsement campaigns was big productions turning towards an international wide audience on the big billboards, uh, TV commercials on the top prime time. But today, these celebrities that were uh, past, they don't necessarily have to be famous for anything or other than that people find them just in- interesting and inspirational. So the influencers that we see today, especially the smaller ones, for example, micro-influencers or even nano-influencers like you and me, Holly, with our <laughs> small following, <laughs> They are often self-made and they have a very niched area and therefore a very niche audience compared to these big celebrities making the perfume collaborations. And there are many influencers out there today. And this makes it possible for brands to really scale this effective way of reaching their target audience where they spend time. And it also allows brands to be very specific in their communications and to talk to audiences who are most likely to be interested in their products or services.
2: Yeah, you don't have the kind of struggle of going, who is our target audience? Where are they? Where do we find them? Because the influencers have kind of done that hard work for you. They have niched their audience, they've spent time building a relationship with their followers. And to extend on that, they're seen as friends by their followers. They narrow that gap between you know mere mortals and celebrities and therefore social media users are much more inclined to trust their recommendations because they're receiving them as if it's from someone they know and I think it's probably not surprising to anyone that most studies show that consumers tend to trust what influencers say about brands much more than what brands have to say about themselves and that's because we trust people we don't necessarily trust companies right no. So I think, you know, it, this kind of all started back in, in the olden days. And like you said, today, it's, it is the fastest growing marketing me- method. And that really does come down to its ability to reach people and build that trust, build that credibility in a really noisy market. But I do think the crux of modern influencer marketing today is the sheer scale at which brands can benefit from this kind of peer-to-peer credibility you know it's not just putting up a billboard and then you happen to grab whoever walks past you can reach millions of people with a single post on Instagram yeah so I know we've gone through a lot quite quickly so Frida maybe should we summarize (laughs) what's happened from past to present and then we can kind of skip on to the future
1: Yeah, I think that's great. (laughs)
2: Because I've already forgotten what I said at the beginning. So (laughs) I'll start racking my brain. So one of the big changes is the fact that we have seen this progression, this change in appetite. We've moved on from the kind of Hollywood celebrities, the real A-list, to ordinary people, people who live lives like us, who resonate with us. We've also changed platforms Blogs used to be a really big element of the influencer marketing space. And nowadays we're seeing much more um, dominance from social media, particularly Instagram as one of the biggest and most common platforms for influencer marketing. But you also obviously have YouTube and TikTok and Snapchat and Twitch and more are coming. You know, more platforms are becoming available every year.
1: Yeah, it's a a crazy landscape out there. (laughs) We know, Clubhouse
2: uh, came and yeah. Yeah, and that's before you even get onto the ones that are only in Asia at the moment, and there are a wealth out there. <laughs> it's terrifying. Start becoming familiar now because they are coming. <laughs> and and then find the influencers as small bloggers. These used to be you know, kind of small time um, personalities and accounts on on the internet. They would have their very engaged following, but it would be quite dinky. And now influencers of these are these. They're huge. They're big. They're it, entrepreneurs in their own right. They are artists. They are business people in this industry.
1: Yeah. And they're really good at it. We have, for example, mm. here in the Nordics and Sweden, Bianca Ingrosso, who is the owner of a big uh, beauty makeup brand. Um, and yeah. so they're, yeah. And a lot of influencers today are creating their own companies, uh, fashion brands, uh, beauty brands, skincare brands. So Absolutely. they really have their own like entrepreneur sphere. Mm. And to add on to that, Holly, uh, I would like to pinpoint the strategy, how it was in the past up until today. So in the past, we had these single campaigns. It was a a written blog post on on a blog uh, that sold out the entire the sweater that the influencers (laughs) was showing. But today it's not that easy anymore. There are as we said a lot of influencers, there are a lot of brands and they all want to cut through the noise and reach their target audience. So today brands have realized, more and more brands have realized not all, but that you really need to work always on. You need to be there for the long term, at top of mind so that your audience think of your brand when it's time for the purchase otherwise you will be forgotten and your competitors are only a click away and also which relates to the first one influencers got paid in products before they could be sent a sweater and they posted about it on their blog but that is often in most cases not enough today sweaters
2: don't pay rent
1: (laughs) yeah exactly so influencers today they have a huge following. They have a tr- uh, followers that trust them and they deserve to get paid, of course. And today they are paid as traditional media channels. So you can't join the channel today and think that, oh, we'll just send out some free products and we will get good recommendations from influencers. No, not today.
2: <laughs> Got to invest. <laughs> yeah.
1: And last but not least, which, which takes us quite onto the future, mm-hmm. Before you could have like the gut feeling, okay, this influencer could uh, fit our brand really good. Uh, and that's what you did because it was a new channel. You didn't look at so much data and you had a good feeling. and You were like, okay, let's try this. Uh, we send this sweater and this blogger will post about it. But today you need data, data, data. You need data from the beginning to the end to really build those long-term results that you're looking for in the channel
2: yeah I think it's um you know if we look back actually uh it's so it used to be so much more about the aesthetics wasn't it it was just uh who's got the same kind of vibe as us and of course that's still important but yeah as we as as you said the market gets more competitive you can't rely on that anymore you have to be smarter about how you're using the channel
1: yeah you work with it as you do with your other Mm. media channels Don't just try and test. You need to be there for the long term and you need to invest money today. And yes, as I said, there's a reason we ended this list with data, because this brings us to today versus the future of influencer marketing. And As we all know, more and more big brands and companies have shifted their budgets from the traditional channels, such as print and TV, to social media and influence marketing, since this is where we spend, the consumers spend most of our time today. But bigger budgets also mean more pressure onto the channel, of course, and the need to, for example, prove ROI and show real results, so as we said, it's not a channel you should test anymore. It's It needs a spot in your marketing mix to generate the worth having long-term results. So with that in mind, Holly, what does the future have in store for us?
2: Oh my gosh, what a big question. How rich I would be if I actually knew the answer to that. <laughs> <laughs> um but you know we have we have been around a while cure media <laughs> um and i like to think we've we've had a, a hand in kind of shaping the industry as it is today so i we will have a good chance of making some good predictions just don't you know send us angry hate mail if we yeah. get
1: wrong. <laughs> and we could talk about this for probably an oh hour God. but we'll yeah. try to keep it short <laughs>
2: <laughs> but i think one of the big ones for me is um kind of an expansion of, of what you were saying about data and it's taking it further of what we do with data, how we're deploying it in the channel. And that's especially when you think of the kind of advanced AI and machine learning that we can incorporate. If we use data smarter, if we're quicker with how we can put data into effect, then we can really maximize the efficacy of influencer activations. We can, you know, scale them to levels that we have historically had to rely on kind of supersized teams to deliver. We will be able to predict results and performance long before an activation has even gone live. And the list really continues on from there.
1: Yeah, that's so interesting. And shout out to our in-house data scientist Bernard who is the pro on this advanced area so I think we might get him onto an upcoming episode for our listeners here uh, so he can go through the depths about AI machine learning and influencer marketing
2: we really should because I sounded smart when I said those things and I promise it's nothing that I would know without him (laughs) he's taught me all that (laughs) Um, Number two, so the next big kind of future forward trend for me is that more brands are going to lean into the channel for the long term. And again, this is something that, like you said, some brands have cottoned onto already. But I think we're going to see the majority start to move in this direction quite soon. They're going to understand that if they want to stand out from the crowd, the social media sphere is incredibly competitive. They can't just do a one-off ad and expect to stay top of mind for their consumers they need to ensure this kind of consistency of presence this repeated um, appearance in people's social media lives and therefore their feeds to build that trusted relationship so that when it's time to make a purchase they pick you because please don't forget that your competitor is literally a click away nowadays
1: yeah it's just a google on instagram <laughs> <laughs> And last but not least, I would say knowing how to maximize your influencer investment through different tactics. And no one knows what the social platforms have in their pipeline for the upcoming, their five-year plan. (laughs) And there can and will, of course, be new features released this year. But just to give you an example of a tactic uh, that's really good to use to amplify your influencer marketing investment is paid advertising with influencer content, which is is still growing today, but it has been around for a while. So it's basically while traditional paid ads include brand produced content, you know, the studio shoots, the product shoots, and yeah, we're a model, it's maybe a clip in the back of the shirt, (laughs) compared to using already existing influencer content that you have invested in. And boost that to a wider audience than only the followers of this influencer. In social media, it could be different platforms. But let's say, for example, Instagram. And using the content that influencers create in paid ads is a very cost and time efficient way to reach more relevant people. A wider audience with content and people that these similar audiences most likely already like and can relate to.
2: And before we wrap this episode, actually, um, because it is such a worthwhile tactic that you just spoke about there, Frida, I really recommend to all of our listeners, do go back, tune into to, I think it's episode 50 on Paid Social yeah. um, and Influence Marketing. It's Frida and our CEO, Sam Fruzesh. And it's, it's like kind of the starter guide on how to make this effective for your brand.
1: Yeah, he will walk you through it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Unfortunately, though, for today, that's all we have time for. But of course, the content doesn't end here. To everyone listening, if you want to continue staying up to date with our weekly podcast episodes, influence marketing content, and generally what's going on on the consumer marketing scene, and that's a moving target, so you should, <laughs> do make sure you follow us on all of our platforms at Cure Media. If you want to receive influence marketing insights all wrapped up in a neat little box delivered straight to your inbox, then you can, of course, subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter from me. I put it together uh, through our website, www.curemedia.com or on the link in our Instagram bio.